0: Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Happy Sabbath, everyone. King David wrote Psalm 84, 1, How lovely is your tabernacle! You know, I mean I look at I look at this audience today and I say, Well, Lord, how lovely is the Middletown Sanctuary this morning. You know why? Because I get to see your lovely faces. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited to see all of you here. There are faces I haven't seen in months and many, many, many moons and months and days and weeks. You are here. And you are in the presence of our Lord. And that's what makes it different. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's so good to see all of you. And if you're joining us online, and if you're out of town, and if you drive through Middletown, through Louisville at any time in point, you're welcome to stop in Louisville And join us for worship at the Friendly Church. You can find us online at FriendlyChurch.com. And get all the information you need for you and for your family to come and join with us here at the Middletown Seventh Adventist Church. So, on behalf of God Almighty, we welcome you here today. It is a different day. Open your Bibles with me to Genesis, to the very first chapter of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. We will read Genesis 1, 31 to Genesis 2, verse 2. Genesis 1, beginning with verse 31, I will be reading from New King James Version. Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. Wait a minute. Do I read that right? God ended his work on the seventh day? Did we miss something all this time? Verse 2, And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had done and rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Welcome to Middletown Summer Series, Sabbath in 3D. Let us pray. Lord, we're here to open Your Word. And we're here, Lord, to listen to You speaking to us. I pray, Lord, that this summer you will give us a fresh new look at the Sabbath. Lord, this is the gift you have given us at creation. And Lord, you intended many things through it. And we will explore this wonderful gift you have given us. Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit will be present here with us will open our hearts, will, will fertilize the soil of our hearts so that the seeds of truth that will be planted will bring forth fruit. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. The patient is surrounded by flowers in his room. Many flowers because every day people... Bring him flowers until he begs the nurses to take some of the flowers and share them with other patients who could get cheered by them. Someone stops by and sings him the Lord's Prayer. An old friend brings him a favorite food, his favorite food. A neighbor brings him a painting. His son brings him a stuffed animal to be with his dad. Countless others come to visit him. This patient is close to death, infected with streptococcal pneumonia, a rare and often fatal bacterial infection. He is on an emergency schedule. Every four hours, he is given special medication for his throat. And he is tilted upside down by the respiratory therapist. Every medical staff that works for him does their job to prevent this man from choking to death. But see, a month earlier, he had been living a typical 21st century life. He was seeing patients in psychotherapy. He was running a not-for-profit organization and traveling around the country lecturing and teaching. When he was at home, he served as chaplain in an AIDS clinic. He was also finishing writing a book while trying his best to be a good husband and father. But now he was exhausted, barely able to breathe at all. He's attached and entwined long plastic tubes feeding him with fluids, antibiotics, and oxygen. Visitors, oh, great visitors, but each bringing their particular gifts of kindness. But you know, both, they both comfort and tire him. It is now that he realizes that every act, no matter how pleasant or nourishing, requires efforts efforts, and consumes oxygen. Every gesture, every thought, or every touch uses some life. And it is now that Wayne, the patient, has the realization, the great awakening of his life. And he writes, Rest is an essential enzyme of life, as necessary as air. Without rest, we cannot sustain the energy needed to have life. We refuse to rest at our peril. Many of us feel we can legitimately be stopped only by physical illness or collapse. Wow. You know why? Because of our desire to succeed, we do not rest. And because we do not rest, we lose our ways and we bypass the nourishment that could give us sustenance. And for want of rest, our lives are in danger. In our drive for success, we are seduced by the promises of more. Have you heard of that? More? More money? More recognition? More satisfaction? More love? More information? More influence? More possessions? More security? More and more of more. A successful In quotation, a successful life has become a violent enterprise. We make war on our bodies, pushing them beyond their limits. We make war on our children because we cannot find enough time to be with them when they're hurting and they need us. They need our company. We make war on our soul and spirit Because we're too preoccupied to listen to the quiet voice. The still, small voice that seeks to nourish and refresh us. We make war on our communities because we are fearfully protecting what we have. And do not feel safe enough to be kind and generous. And we make war even on our earth. We leave on because we cannot take the time to place our feet on the ground and allow it to feed us, to taste us, to, to give thanks. There is a universal refrain. You may have heard it. I'm so busy. Did you use it this week? I know I did. It doesn't matter who you're speaking to, from doctors to daycare workers, from shopkeepers to social workers, parents and teachers, nurses or lawyers, students or therapists, community activists or cooks. They all say, I am so busy. Whether they're Hispanic or Native Americans, whether they're Caucasian or blacks, Their work in the world rarely feels light, pleasant, or healing. The whole experience of being alive begins to melt into one enormous obligation and it becomes a standard of greeting everyone. Rather than happy Sabbath, we can say, I'm so busy. And we say it with a degree of pride of our exhaustion, as as if this exhaustion were a trophy. The busier we are, the more important we seem to ourselves. To be unavailable to our friends and family, to be unable to find time for the sunset, or even to know that there was a sunset that went down, to go through all our obligations without time for a single mindful breath, this has become the model of of a successful life in our times. And our lack of rest and reflection is not just personal affliction. It affects the way we support church, the way we sustain community. It dictates the way we respond to suffering, and it shapes the way we seek healing in the world. In the fields of community development, Public health, mental health, and criminal justice, the way problems are solved, they're always solved frantically, desperately, reactively, and obviously badly. Despite their well-meaning and generous efforts, community, corporate, and church leaders, they're all affected and infected with a fearful desperation that is destructive to a genuine helpfulness of justice and healing. Without, my friends, without the essential nutrients of rest, wisdom and delight embedded in the problem-solving process itself, the solution we patch together is likely, likely to be an obstacle to the genuine relief. Because in this spell of work, we take everything for granted. We consume things, people, and information. We do not have time to save our life, nor to care deeply and gently for ourselves or our loved ones. Or those in the world, but rather we use them all up and throw them all away. The questions we ask in this beginning of this series, the questions I want to challenge you with are this. How have we allowed ourselves to get to this? How did we get to so terribly? How did we get so terribly lost in a world saturated with striving and grasping, and somehow, it is depleted of joy and delight? May I suggest to you this morning that we have forgotten the Sabbath. Today's sermon title: Sabbath in 3D, the beginning. So, let's go back to the beginning. Genesis 1 again. Genesis 1, back to the creation week. When the Creator of all things set some limits, some parameters, some boundaries, He set in place patterns and rhythms of life. And if we're ignoring them, we do so at our own perils. In the sixth day of the week of creation, it is the sixth day of the week of creation, and by now, what was without form and void is beyond imagination beautiful and filled with beautiful things. This is the sixth day of creation. The earth is illuminated by God's glory and by the sun and the stars. The trees and plants and vegetation all bring forth fruit. The birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and all the animals and creeping things, they're all partakers and givers of beauty. God looks at the end of the day, at the end of the sixth day, and saw that everything was very good. The man Adam was created earlier in the sixth day. And after a medical intervention where Adam is put to sleep and God is operating on him, Eve becomes his life partner for good. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 1.31 Then God saw everything that He made, and indeed was very good. So the evening and morning were the sixth day. But if God would have stopped right there, if God would have stopped right there at the end of the sixth day of creation, His perfect creation would have not been completed. Because verse 1 of of chapter 2 says, Thus, the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And, and there is, there is an end A and D here. Creation week is not over yet. Yes, everything and everyone was set in place, and there is something, something else. Something more to be created. God is not done yet. But sadly, in our life, we live life as if the creation week stops with day six. And even more sad is that Christians live life on earth as if creation week stopped on day six. See, I was surprised when I was do- I went to the Creation Museum, which, by the way, is a great place to visit. In their introductory movie, uh, introductory video for the week of creation, they too stopped on day six of creation. The Bible does not stop. There, in telling us how everything was created. Yes, it is true. God saw everything that He has made. And indeed, was very good. So the evening and the morning and the sixth day. And there is the conjun- conjunction. And, if you love or like grammar, like myself, this... This conjunction, and connects what is about to happen to the rest of the creation. So it connects what God is just about to happen, just about to do, to create. It connects it with the rest of the week, the rest of the week of creation. And on the seventh day, God ended His work which He has done. Hmm. God ended His work on the seventh day? I thought he finished it on the sixth day. What is the biblical writer trying to tell you and me about God and the creation and the creator right here? Genesis 2 verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which He had done. So God did what? He rested on the seventh day. Let me tell you, I'm going to make a confession. As a Sabbatarian Christian, meaning I observe the seventh day of the week for the Lord. I always skimmed through verse 2, and my focus always landed on the first part of verse 3, which says, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Yet there is a reason why He, God, the Creator, sanctified the seventh day of the week. Why? We find the answer in the second part of verse 3, because in it... The writer says, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. God sanctified the seventh day because in it he rested. Literally, you know, in original, in original Hebrew, it sounds like this, both verse 2 and 3. I'm going to read both of them to you. This is what in original sounds like. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he sabbath. On the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Why? Because in it He Sabbath from all His work which God had created and made. My friends, when the Bible tells us that God ended His work on the seventh day, it implies that in this day, the seventh day of the week, God created rest and rest is the rhythm of life. We'll talk more about that next Sabbath in the sermon Sabbath is the rhythm of life. Sabbath was created by God as a necessity to complete the week of creation. Sabbath rest marks and and gives us both permission and connection with God, the Creator, and His creation, you and I included. Sabbath is a way of being in a time where we remember who we are, remember what we know, and taste the gifts of creation and eternity. You know, it's like a, a path to a dense forest. Sabbath creates a marker for ourselves. I don't know if you ever walked or hiked through a, a trail that is that is hard to, to be marked. But you got to have these points. I know in Romania, when we did hike uh, on, in the mountains, you will follow. There is a certain either a triangle or a square or a... A round circle of a certain color, red, blue, yellow, and you follow. You look to the next tree that has that marker. And that will take you to your destination. Otherwise, you get lost. Sabbath creates a marker for ourselves. So if if we are lost, we can find our way back to the path. Remember the Sabbath. The fourth commandment says as God commandment, as God commanded. Remember the Sabbath means remember that everything you have received is a blessing. Remember to delight in your life. Don't waste it away rushing. Remember to delight in the fruits of your labor. Don't throw them away. Remember to stop. And offer thanks. Remember, as if we would forget, right? Yeah, well, the the assumption is that we will forget. And history has proven that given enough time, we will forget Sabbath. In many ways, we have already done it. Remember, the Sabbath is not simply a lifestyle suggestion. It's a spiritual precept. It is spiritual because it is given by the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that gives life is the one who gives life by remembering the Sabbath. Now, how can forgetting the Sabbath possibly be morally or socially dangerous? How can forgetting to be restful... Or to sing songs, to worship, to take delight in the creation and the Creator? How can forgetting to do such things be as, as, as bad as murder, robbery, or deceit? Why is it so important? <clears throat> you know, Sabbath honors the necessary wisdom of dormancy. I don't know if you thought about this. We'll probably talk about that next, next Sabbath. It's true that certain plants, for example, if they do not lie dormant for winter, they will not bear fruit in the spring. And if this continues for more than a season, the plant, the plant begins to die. And if, and if it continues to be prevented, this dormancy principle, the, the, the entire species will die. A period of rest is needed. If it is true for plants in God's creation, it is true for us, our bodies, and our souls. If we neglect the Sabbath and don't stop to rest as God instituted at creation, we begin to die. Literally. If we neglect the Sabbath and do not connect with our Creator, our soul our spiritual side of us begins to die therefore sabbath is not a human not simply a human psychological convenience it is a spiritual and biological necessity a lack of rest in sabbath for our minds produces confusion sabbath is necessary for our bodies to receive the rest, they need to replenish and reflect and refresh. Sabbath rest is necessary for our minds to find clarity and clear up the confusion. Sabbath rest is necessary for our souls to find the source of spiritual life we need to maintain that side of us that glues together the, the, the physical and the emotional part. Of our beings. You know, Sabbath is literally a sanctuary in time, not related to geographical or spatial coordinates. For example, in Sabbath time, we remember to celebrate what is beautiful and sacred. Within this sanctuary, we become available to the insights and blessings that arise only in stillness of time. When we act from a deep rest, from a sense of deep rest, we are more capable of finding the right understanding, the right action, the right effort. Sabbath is sacred, sacred time for sacred rest. We misinterpreted Jesus' ministry of healing, of doing good on the Sabbath. We misapply that with getting busy just in different ways on Sabbath. And forget the Lord of the Sabbath and forget to obey God when He calls us to remember the Sabbath. Sabbath is more than absence of gainful work or gainful employment. It's not just a day off when we can catch up with television or sports or or chores or other things. It is the presence of something that arises when we consecrate a period of time to listen to what is most deeply beautiful, nourishing, and true that is in the presence of God. It is a time consecrated with our attention, honoring the quiet presence of grace or the spirit that sustains us and heals us. In our fast-paced life, even us as Sabbatarian Adventists, we have come to associate tremendous guilt with taking time to rest. And hear me out. Sabbath gives us permission to rest. In fact, it it commands us to stop. Sabbath transforms space just as it transforms us. When we begin to sing the sacred songs of worship here in this church, What has changed? What has changed from the perspective of space? Nothing changed. They're the same walls, same doors, same windows, same floors. But when we begin to sing those sacred songs, the space is transformed. The space is not different. But the time has been transformed. The space may be the same, but the time is consecrated. And it transforms space. So in light of what I just said, could it be? Could it be? It was not Israel that kept the Sabbath, but rather the Sabbath kept Israel. Could it be that practicing Sabbath? For us as 7 day Adventists, as it was divinely ordained from the creation, could it be that keep practicing the Sabbath could keep the Sabbatarians together? Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. Literally, he is saying, make your home in me. As I make mine in you. And when you do so. Then the promise I gave you. I am always with you. Is fulfilled. And when you rest. You will find me. You will fill me. You will remember who you are. That you are my beloved child. You will remember. That you are the light of the world. You will, you will remember everything I gave you. When you. Remember the Sabbath. My dear friends, members of Middletown, YouTube watchers, viewers, Sabbath in 3D. This series is a plea for Sabbath keeping. It seems that due to our complex lives, we have forgotten the Sabbath. Physical, emotional, and spiritual Sabbath. This series is a reminder of the Sabbath in all of its aspects. Our work is fruitful only when we are quiet enough. To hear the miraculous resilience present among those who suffer. Patient enough to see the light that shines in the midst of darkness. So Sabbath is not only for ourselves. When we are rested and refreshed, we serve more generously those who need our care. That's a natural principle. Once people feel nourished and refreshed physically, emotionally, and spiritually, they cannot help but be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and gentle and all the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. So the world craves. The world Aches. The world needs the generosity of well-rested people. So let us remember the Sabbath. Now the question is, how do we change the way we used to live? Well, a quick challenge is make Sabbath special. How do you do it? Well, in the Jewish tradition, they began the Sabbath day by lighting, lighting a candle or more candles. They gathered around a table, the dining table, and had a special meal. The most special meal of the week. And they blessed each other starting with the father and will go all the way to the youngest in the family. As I have been studying this theme, this topic of Sabbath, I presented it to Pam, and as you by now most likely know that she's supportive in everything I do. We started three weeks ago at the beginning of our Sabbath, Friday night. And we began the Sabbath by lighting a candle. Not on our regular table, but in the formal dining room. And praise the Lord, we had Adam with us. He loves to cook. And this week we had Adam and Eric with us. They both love to cook. So last night we had a feast to invite the Lord in our life. So I challenge you today to remember the Sabbath and to make it special. If you need an idea, feel free to shoot me an email at lightyourhope@gmail. at gmail.com, and I'll reply to you. I want to pray and hope that Sabbath takes a whole new meaning for you and me as we explore together this summer series, Sabbath in 3D. May the blessings of the Sabbath be on you and on your family today. Amen.